Blessed you, Ed and I, our God, King of the universe, who set us apart in order to sanctify us with his commandments and instructed us to occupy ourselves with words of Torah. Adonai, our God, please make the words of your Torah pleasant in our mouths and in the mouths of your people, the family of Yisrael, so that we, our offspring, and the descendants of your people, the family of Yisrael, all of us, may be knowers of your name and learners of your Torah for its own sake. Blessed you, Adonai, who teaches Torah to his people of Yisrael. Blessed you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who chose us from all the nations to give us his Torah. Blessed are you, Adonai, giver of the Torah. Amen. Thank you. I have an insignificant number of handouts. One is on the Zmanim, times of prayer. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you should take one of these. How many of you know all about this? Share this with Kenneth. Who else needs Zmanim? Of course it is. Share that with him. Um, when I say Techelet, what do you think? Blue. blue. I like blue. Blue works. When I say Techelet, what do you think? Blue. You can't say blue. What else? Zitzit. Zitzit. Exactly right. Snail juice. Snail juice. Yeah. I mean, that's it, right? All right. So here is Perak HaTechelet. These guys live for the snail juice. Now, we know that back in the days of the master, there was one family that made the spices that were used in the holy, in the holy place on that altar where the incense was placed. The Torah tells us a couple of things. One, here's the mixture. Two, I don't want to smell this anywhere but in my house. And this family was the family that made this perfume, this incense, down through the ages. Well, it's the same way with the Techelet. At least, that's what these guys will have you to believe. These are the guys that always made the Techelet, and it disappeared, the snail is gone, we can't do it anymore. Oh, it's back! which I think coincides with when the people got back in the land, but I digress. If you'd like to read about that, it's here. Um, this is uh, from, the, uh, from the website, so you're, you're free to uh, go through that. I've only got one copy right now, but uh, we can print more if you'd like. All right. I'm going to count to three, and I want you to shout out with vim, with vigor, with gusto. Hello, Rick. Because it turns out that senior, major, master, wonderful sergeant, Hergen Redder, is uh, not only deployed away from his family for five months, but he's listening to you every Tuesday night. It's an amazing thing. One. Two. Three. Hello, Rick! Thank you. So it turns out that he happens to be listening, and uh, I called his wife this evening to make sure that she was not in any needs. She's doing fine. Uh, I hope that you got the email on the uh, concealed carry class that's being put on uh, by a believer uh, on, a Shab- on a non-Shabbat. He's doing it on a Sunday. And I think that uh, Mrs. H is going to be going to that. 
I think many of my daughters and my wife will be going to that as well. So, you didn't get that one? I got the one that was on Shabbat, not the one that was on Shabbat. I sent it out. When did I send it out? Yesterday? Yesterday? Who got it? A couple days ago. A couple days ago? You got it? Yeah? I sent it out through MailChimp. So, yeah. Um, I'll make sure you're in there because maybe you're not or something, but I'll check that. But, yeah, it's. Uh, He's discounted it for us, and he's providing it on a Sunday for the Sabbatarians <laughs> that uh, we are. Okay. And what Sunday is that? It is uh, near the back end of February. February, yes, indeed. All right. You see on the whiteboard the question of the night, should we allow capital punishment? So next question. Okay. So what we're going to do tonight is uh, is not slough it off. We're going to first argue this out loud in person from a logic perspective. Does it make sense? Why does it make sense? Absolutely no scriptural reference. Absolutely no reference to God. Then second... We're going to argue this from a moral perspective. Morally, it makes sense. You can also put in there, ethically, if you need. And then finally, after we're done with those two, we're going to argue this from a scriptural perspective. And I want you to know that this is how every argument was made in our government, that would be the United States, for those of you listening in Gastonia, um, (laughs) that's how every argument was made when our founding fathers founded this country. They would argue things in three ways, first logically, second morally, and then only after they had proven their point in those two ways, they would then argue it scripturally. And it occurs to me in this election year, when I hope that Newt Gingrich actually gets the Republican nomination, since I think he's the only one that can beat our current president. That was an editorial comment, and I'll stand by it. Um, I think it would be wise if we were able to argue a specific point, whatever it may be, this one I've chosen at random, both to believers and non-believers alike, both to liberals as well as Republicans, both to conservatives as well as everyone else. Okay. Yes? Just so to be clear. Yes. Clarification. Who is we and what do you mean by capital punishment? Outstanding. Now, I believe that uh, our alumni, uh, I beg your pardon, our alumnus, Mr. May, is referring to a previous class. That class would have been from uh, either Bill Jack or from Greg Kokel. Um, and if I've used some terms that may be ambiguous or somewhat nebulous, we should always determine what is meant. Now, I think that's critical when we're speaking of theological terms. You Calvinist. But certainly it applies here. Should we, as Bible-believing Americans, allow capital punishment 
in our country. Does that work for you? Now we know where I'm coming from. So, I'm strictly looking for logic arguments. Now, I've, I've actually tossed it around myself, thinking, should I sit on my stool and be the guy, or should I call upon one of you to be the gal, or the guy, you know, as the case may be. So, do you want to argue against me, or do you want me to pick somebody out of the crowd? Okay, you want to argue against me. That's fine. That's fine. All right. Allow or promote? I believe, that's a great question, son. Do we want to allow or promote capital punishment? Do you see the nuance he's got there? Um, I would say that if you allow something, Chris, good to see you. I believe that if you allow something, then by definition, you are promoting it. I believe that our very lives should exude that which we allow and therefore promote. If we believe that God is, and He is the rewarder of those who seek Him, then people should know that when they come in contact with us. God bless you. All right? Does that... Well, let me put it to to you this way, son. If I believe that we should allow capital punishment in our glorious country, then I would promote that mindset in what I say and what I do. If I believe as a believer in Messiah Yeshua that the Torah is not only applicable in my life, but mandatory, then my very life should express that in every way. So, without getting too over the top, should we allow capital punishment in our country? I say no. What do you say from a logic perspective? Yes, sir. You say that capital punishment is a deterrent from... Violent crime. By the way, before we go on, I had intended to do this and I neglected to do so. Does everyone understand, especially if you're under the age of 50, what capital punishment is? Who can tell me what capital punishment is? It is the death sentence. It is to deprive life. It is a death sentence. Yes. It is a capital offense. And therefore, it's life. You take a life. Okay. It's a deterrent. Everyone understands I'm playing the devil's advocate. Yeah. Okay. It's a deterrent. So, uh, so you believe that if I kill Bill because he killed John, that Bill won't kill anyone else. That certainly deters him, doesn't it? Where God drug his finger through the ground. Criticized by other parts of the country uh, because when you look at the stats, they put more 
people in, in death row in that state, they actually carry out the sentence and put people to death. Um, and, uh, you know, I think if you look at the evidence there, uh, per capita, the, the, the crime is statistically lower. So, so you're trying to claim that because they kill capital offenders in Texas that the crime rate is actually lower. But I would submit that it's actually lower because of the uh, willingness to, of the government to allow people to carry handguns. Well, if that's the case, then this might be extreme. But you're a liberal, so you appreciate the, <laughs> the extreme. Let's take Saudi Arabia, for example, which has a null violent crime rate, but yet um, exercises capital punishment uh, far and to the extreme compared to what would be considered standards in our country. And it's, and if, again, if, if you look at uh, higher capital punishment rates, um, it has an effect on lowering the rates of violent crime in that country as well. And I don't think necessarily... Um, uh, it, and, and that's a completely different setting than just Texas in and of itself. So it's it's not just an American concept. So it's a deterrent, and you believe that because it's a deterrent... It de-incentivizes people. You've got to be prepared. Go to Louisiana and do it. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't do it here. I got you. I got you. Okay. I'm willing to... Uh, I'm willing to concede. Well done. I just wanted to try and make it a little more difficult. Is it possible to dissociate the logic aspect from from statistics, which I'm sure you guys are well aware of of them and you know their validity and everything? But say we're the founding fathers of the country, to which you were referring earlier, we don't have set statistics available. But you've still got a logical argument that if I commit a violent crime okay and am that. therefore okay taken that. out because of it, that it would be a deterrent to others. I think logically sure. it's a good argument. Okay. Um, I think they bolstered it with sure. statistics and empirical evidence, okay. which we now have. But that's good. Good point. Yes, sir? Well, uh, along with what Jonathan was saying, I was going to say that we, as citizens... Of nature, um, we our actions are responses of the motivators and incentives that are placed by the our, our surroundings and our our society. So, what what did he just say? Did you understand what he said? I didn't understand. All right, run run that by me again. I'm a con, by the way, a citizen of nature. Yeah. Say it, right. Run this, run this by me again. As a human. As a human. Respond to incentives that are in place by our culture. Okay. So, Pavlov's, Paz, Pavlov's dog. Hear the bell, start to drool. I've been conditioned to understand that if I kill this guy, I better think twice because I will be killed. So, I think that's the same logical argument. Please. I was going to say, aside from being a deterrent, we have these people, once you're deemed 
worthy of capital punishment. It's generally assumed that that person either has done a crime that deserves this punishment, or they just deserve an eye for an eye, for tooth, or from a financial standpoint, we could imprison them for the next 50 years. Incurring all of these taxes. Ah, it's cheaper. It's cheaper. Okay, so so your argument is. Yes. And this child has shown a progression. He's now 18 years old, and he just killed his mother and grandparents who he lives with. Who's cared for him his whole life? And his sister. Odds of him going to Bellevue and making a recovery in life? Slim to none. Oh. Now, I think from a morality perspective, we'll have a problem in a minute. But from a logic perspective, it's just cheaper. Why stick this guy in prison for the rest of his life and we all get to feed him because it's cheaper? Yes, sir. I would have another one. All right, stand by. Anybody else on cheaper? Yes, go ahead. Logically, a person who would be willing to commit a capital offense might very well do it again. Ultimately safer. Get them out of the way. Wow. It's safer for the rest of us. Yeah. I do have a rebuttal, though. We're, we're assuming that the person committing this violent crime is thinking rationally or is, has considered... The, um, the the consequences when I don't know if that's entirely 100% or even sometimes a majority of violent crimes are they always preconceived by the person he's a liberal I don't want to talk to him no I'm only kidding or, or is it more uh, but this assumes it's that, a litigation this assumes that the crime accident arises to the level of, a, of capital punishment if it was a crime of passion or you know somebody was mentally ill Depending on how that is viewed by the court, it may or may not. Yeah, you're exactly right. I have already determined that capital punishment is called for. The question is, should we now do capital punishment? Because there are several states who've got guys on death row, and their state supreme court is says, "Well, I don't, I don't really think we should put people to death." So let's just feed these guys forever. Well, you know, until they die. And we'll just keep them incarcerated. Well, that's all well and good. So the question is, should we allow capital punishment, assuming that capital punishment is called for in this case? So good. And also, people in death row escape. Because I, I had to look up evidence because I did a date not long ago on this. And a lot of them were escaped and were let go while well, they were on death row. And then they killed a lot of other people. So, so we've got a, a repeat phenomenon that we can avoid. This guy killed. We let him out. If he gets out, it, it probably goes to safer. You're, 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 you're exactly right. But yeah, there's basically no guarantee of rehabilitation. Rehabilitation? Right. How, are, is there anyone here that believes that our penal system is designed for rehabilitation? Yeah, it's never been designed for that. Never been. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Any other, uh, 
Any other arguments you'd like to give from logic for this argument? Okay. If you were if you were discussing this with a liberal Do you think that you'd need to go further if at this point they agreed with you? Yes. Why? If you're talking to a liberal and they have now agreed. So even so, even though you've all right. So even though you made the point, and you've gotten to go, what is the biggest problem when you are arguing? No, just arguing. By the way, does everyone understand the difference between arguing and quarreling? What's the difference? <laughs> That's very clever. Arguing um, um, is with view of persuasion, so you need to put yourself in the other person's position. You need to be kind of like a good word picture would be you put yourself on top of the hill and you can almost see into the other person's camp. Okay. Um, you may not concede with it, and then through persuasion, you try to lead them to what you believe is the true position, which is probably the what do lawyers what do lawyers do? They argue. They argue the case. Arguing is not emotional. If arguing gets emotional, what does it have the tendency to become? A quarrel. A quarrel doesn't help anything. If we're going to talk about whether or not Messiah Yeshua is divine. We need to argue the point. We demonstrate self-control if we can argue the point with someone who doesn't hold all the facts but thinks he does without quarreling. Arguing should be a daily exercise for believers. Quarreling should never come into play. In fact, I would stipulate if you quarrel, you've demonstrated a lack of self-control. And the Father will argue with you. So, from a logic perspective, we've seen that it's safer, it's a deterrent, and it's less expensive to the state. Now we move on to the moral argument, or the ethical argument. How could you possibly think of putting someone to death? Do you have any idea how many people are put to death every year in our country who later are absolved of their guilt because of DNA evidence? It's reprehensible that our country would actually embrace 
this absolutely archaic and barbaric method of criminal punishment. You're speaking as liberal, right? I hope so. <laughs> it's hard to even... I'm going to have to wash my shirt. I mean... Morally, what do you say? Who are you to take another life? Are you playing God? It sounds like you're playing God. They need to be removed or reprimanded. Well, is it a mistake? If it's if it's that um, if it's that absurd, then they need to be removed themselves. Where do you draw the line, Noah? Well, I, I, Who are you to say? I think it's if if we agree to rights that constitutional, if the right to life is one of those, someone has denied someone else that right to life. Who are they to plead that they have? Sounds like a logic argument to me that you missed out on in step one. The moral aspect, I guess, is that um, is what, not to quote scriptures, but what you reap is what you is, is what you will sow. And I think that's that's uh, if everyone has the right to to life, but those that are are going to kill others obviously um, can't plead that they have a, that they are an exception. Um, if, to, to that role. Does, does that make any sense? Yeah, I, I, I that sense played God. Right, exactly. Let's leave God out of this. <laughs> Vigilante. You said God. I, I think that the reason we have a, a judicial system that makes it, uh, that makes the standard extremely high to get a capital offense across the finish line is for to address the very moral concern that you raise, and that is that we are not uh, that we are not falsely putting someone to death unjustly. Does that mean we live in a perfect, always perfect judicial system? Of course not. Mistakes happen, which is tragic and it's unfortunate, and we should do everything we can to prevent that. But at the end of the day, if the, if there has been a proper uh, Process, due process, and a, a a court, a judge, or a jury of that person's peers has weighed all the evidence, and that evidence should include the best technology, DNA, and everything that's available. Uh, if they have looked at all the available evidence and concluded, based on the evidence, that they have committed a crime that is that is worthy of capital punishment, then it would be immoral to not. Uh, serve justice Excellent. by carrying out the the punishment, the just punishment that is due. Excellent. Because it's immoral to the to the to the family of the victim, and it's immoral to society to not serve justice when justice is required. Excellent. I would argue that you guys left out 
in the logical argument, the idea that if it's if it makes sense to pull the pull the man out of society and you don't, or you give him the opportunity to return to society, then logically you're foolish. So but it's immoral. That's a that's a great way of looking at it. It's immoral that we would have missed this opportunity. Good. What else? And another reason is just is because um, you you give them time in death row to make their final statement and a will and like anything they want to do. And the people they take the life of, they don't give them time to do anything. I mean they should have probably already had a will unless they're kids or something, but you don't give them time to. So morally, they've robbed these people of that opportunity. And we're being moral by allowing them this time to make their peace with God, get their affairs in order before they're taken out. Mm. That sounds so cold-blooded, but I like it. Stand by. Yes, sir. I was going to say ethically. So morally, the government would be bankrupt if it didn't take this man out. Bankrupt morally. Okay. I would question this concept that you fabricated that that, uh, we want the greatest good for the greatest number of people. So I I think then that you're arguing that eminent domain is, is... good. If my property here is only being utilized by 15, 20 men on a Tuesday night, 60 people on every other Shabbat, but it could be it could be helping all kinds of people if this land were turned into a farm, then you should be able to take my land and turn it into a farm. Or, as what happened, one block away. A military veteran that fought for our country's farm was taken away due to eminent domain because his farm could be better used as condos, a greater good for a greater number of people. What did I just do? I appeal to your I appeal to your emotions second. It's a red herring. It has absolutely nothing to do with the argument. But it sounded cool. Uh, Chris, and you. I think also, morally, by putting the value on life um, to the extent of if you take a... Um, if you take a life, you lose your life. That, that, puts, a, uh, fairness. That's, that puts a fair, uh, equitable value... Justice. Justice. And, and, it, and, it, and it creates a better 
life is being very valuable. So did I, did I understand you to say that our government should be fair? You want to be fair, don't you, Chris? <laughs> no, I, I'm thinking. Is, I'm talking about is creating a, a just value system. On a the just value system. So our government should be just, not fair. What's the difference? Just fair. Just. Fair is a word that has presuppositions to whoever. It's subjective. It's not. It's objective. It's the other way around. Objective or subjective to my... It's objective. Okay. Fair. You lost your job, the government should give you $2,000. He lost his job because he stole from his employer. Well, we should give him $2,000. Why? You lost your job, you got two grand. He lost his job, he should get two grand. That's fair. Now let's talk just. You lost your job because they downsized. He lost his job because he stole. Do we do the same to both? No. Justice demands we, we treat them differently because we want to be just. If everything is treated equally, regardless of circumstance, therefore objective, that's fair. God never demands, requires, or asks fairness. He absolutely requires justice. Idea. No, okay, I'm the liberal, sorry. So, so I think that's a, another uh, piece in this argument is how um, the ethical capital punishment is carried out. So you think that dropping a cyanide pellet into water in an airtight chamber with this person strapped to a chair is morally and ethically upright? But you don't want to drag him across glass, but dropping cyanide is okay. You think we should hang him? Is that, is that ethically, is that morally okay for you? Actually, I think it's kind of cool to ask the person how they do it. Ask the person how they do it. So, so, okay, so <laughs> chop off members of your body until you bleed to death. That, that probably wouldn't be one of the most. Burn them with greenwood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the steak. So I, I'm, you, think, you think it's morally and ethically upright and not barbarous, that our country would actually kill someone by, by having them choked to death over several minutes. You, th you think that's good? Um, lethal injection. Pain? Is that what you're referring to? I was talking about dropping that cyanide pellet. Pleasant? It's not pleasant. But do you think it's ethically and morally upright, and that we should be known throughout the world as a country that does that to its citizens. That's what you think, right? I, uh, uh, so you're against capital punishment. I thought so! What's happening? What am I doing to him? Besides bullying him, what am I doing? I'm badgering him, but what, what technique am I using? I'm using a strong man. Right? You're 
setting up an example. Yes. Say, okay, is this what you support? This is a straw man. This is this bunch of crap. It's in, but it's in your favor. And what else am I doing? Steamroller. Steam yeah. I'm just walking right over. I'll give him a chance to talk. And? Attacking the person. Yeah. Not the argument, right? Not the idea. I'm attacking the guy. And I'm appealing to emotion again. Do you really want this? You want our country to be known as this? Are you nuts? You must be. You're a communist, aren't you? I knew you were. You yes, sir. Um, just going back to the argument that gets, that gets offered up about uh, you know, the, the few cases where somebody was wrongly put to death, which clearly is a tragedy. It is a tragedy. But how many more times was somebody let off on a technicality um, where they were most assuredly probably guilty, right? So I would argue, or I would counter or try to appeal to, to that argument by saying, I'm okay living in a justice system that is willing to let a guilty man walk free in order to make it exceptionally difficult for an innocent man to be wrongly put, put to death. Because... I believe that the guy that, that's guilty is going to get his one way or the other at some point or another. Okay. But, uh, so I'm willing to have a justice system, a judicial system, that, that tilts um, in favor of letting a guilty man go free in order to make sure we don't put... And you actually think that that's how we are right now? You think there's more guilty people going free than there is innocent people being Absolutely. put to death? Because, because Suppose those guilty good, people put to death are your mom. A good attorney can, can play the, you know, can play the um, mentally insane card. They can find technicality. Look at OJ. And suppose the guy can't afford one of these great lawyers like OJ had, and he goes to death. What about his family? I mean, it's, it's tragic what's happening in our country as we let this capital punishment go on. Look at OJ. You can't handle it. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. Do you know that Germany doesn't do capital punishment and they have one of the lowest crime rates on the planet? Hey, you, want, you wanted to use empirical examples in your logic argument. The moral argument is Germany doesn't do that, and they have one of the lowest crime rates on the planet. The demographics of So I win. There's no argument. There's no answer. I win. It's an anomaly. Do have it. That have lower have lower rates of of um, yeah who do have capital punishment. I'm sure yeah, there are so many other factors. I mean, this you can just take one example and turn everything to your death. <laughs> 
any other logic, uh, moral or ethical the arguments. Last two wars. I mean, do you really count them? I mean, <laughs> Austria, no death penalty. We got Glocks from there. We do, but they don't have a death penalty. Very low crime rate, lower than America. Population wise, percentage wise, same. I'm not deterring it. I'm saying that it's wrong. We shouldn't have it because other countries don't have it and they don't need it. Morally, it's reprehensible. Why do we need it? Well, I think when you look at some of those other countries, I mean, they might not, they might not value life the same way that we in America value life. And so while they might not have capital punishment, they might have euthanasia, they might have other things, and once again, don't value the life for what life is. That's an excellent argument. Euthanasia should be brought up here. By the way, when you're arguing this with folks, especially if they're liberal, they will tell you that every country on the planet has a lower crime rate than we do. And it's because they don't have capital punishment. And you know what the answer is? Really? That's not what I read. I think your facts are wrong. I mean, name a country. Name a country. China, China has a lower... Lower crime rate than we do, and they don't have capital punishment. <laughs> Nigeria has a lower crime rate than us, and they don't have capital punishment. You see what they're doing? The liberal will grab any country they can, thinking you don't know, or they've been led to believe. On the value of life issue with child, say, oh no, a girl again. Yeah. But euthanasia and all the moral re repercussions that go along with death are important, and we should remember those. Well, part of that is, of course, coming into an argument, you know, you don't want to go to, there's the old adage, you know, you don't want to do battle with an armed person, but we ourselves should always be armed. It, in, in essence, to draw, you know, we're not there yet, but to draw scripture, that's being able to give an account for the heaven that lies within us at any time. Similarly, um, we should, if we're going to get into an argument on a particular topic and be dogmatic about something about which we have no idea, then there's, there's a problem. Well, you bring up a good point. What's the answer to Germany has a lower crime rate than us and they don't have capital punishment? What's the answer? What's the response? Let's look at the numbers together. Yeah. Let's look at the numbers. Is the violent crime rate lower? Is a total crime loader? How about fatal crimes? How about where the death penalty is involved? Let's look at that. Is it really true that Germany doesn't have the death penalty? By the way, it's not. What, what constitutes a crime in that country? Good. And, and do they have the death penalty? And for what do they have it? Yeah. Isn't that like a false claim of authority? It is. It's exactly what it is. Show me. Yeah, exactly. And... Many times their source is the internet. Now, now we got a big problem. Since you have demonstrated so your passion to preserve life, then let's make a deal. I'll give up 
capital punishment if you outlaw abortion. Oh, wow. <laughs> Six you. Six you. Life, so much. Excellent, excellent. So, what has he done? He's reversed the burden of proof. He's now completely changed the argument, right? He's moved from capital punishment by the state in cases of crime to capital punishment in the case of abortion. That's exactly what he did. Because it really comes down to the same thing. Are you, are you saying the state should not be able to take life? Okay. If you agree, then argue this. That's cool. Now, I would do that at the end. <laughs> right? But it's excellent. It's excellent. Because now... You may end up with a double whammy, right? They're either going to say, because you've already got these other arguments, yeah, I guess you're right. Logically, morally, we probably should take the life of that offender. And then you're going to get them on the abortion side as well. But I would caution you, you don't want to cut the legs out from this argument to get the other one. <laughs> you don't care as long as you get a good argument out of it, right? All right. All right, finally. That's right, yeah. And there goes the ice. All right, so let's go ahead and look at the scriptural argument. So, Isaac, what do you think, man? Um, should, we, should we kill people? From a scriptural perspective? No. Isaac, biblically, should we really be killing people? I mean, aren't we made in the image of God? Yes and yes. Yes, we should be killing people, and yes, we're made in the image of God. So, Ryan, I don't get it. I mean, how is it that we're going to be killing the very children of God? Ah, the blood argument. I like it. I like it. Blood. Peter. Scripturally, can you really find the death penalty anywhere in the Word of God? I mean, come on. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth. And he was like, no, 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 that isn't it. You get slapped across the face, you turn the other cheek. If he takes your cloak, you give him the sweater too. Give him your place at the Hamptons. You give him your condo down at the beach. That's what I'm talking about. What happened to love? I'm not feeling a love. You think we should do this? Why? What capital crime should we talk about? 
I don't know. What capital crimes are you talking about? I don't think we should do any capital crimes. Yeah, well, the Torah does lay out. The Torah. You talking about the Old Testament? Didn't the Old Testament, I mean, that was a long time ago, but didn't the Old Testament provide for places these guys could go? You didn't want to kill them, right? You gave them a place to go. How come we don't give them a place to go? We can call it prison if you want, but come on. <laughs> I don't know who you're arguing with. All I'm saying is scripturally, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. What are you going to do, kill somebody? I mean, isn't that what started out? Cain killed this kid. Look at that. Did God kill Cain? No. <laughs> Look, he's losing it. Yes. Uh, Romans 11 says that the judges don't bear the, uh, carry the sword in vain. So it, it refers, it directly kind of refers to that sword maybe used. It refers to it. I don't know what it says about it. You know, the scripture is really, you got to watch how you discern that stuff. That's out of context. <laughs> That's it. That's what I was looking for. Well, right, a couple thoughts here. Um, uh, a, a better answer to should, scripturally, is there a basis for the... Um, Capital punishment is yes and no. Oh, yes and no. He's on my side. No, no, no. no, no. Yeah, there, but, there, but, but there's 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 good evidence in, in both both respects. For instance, I'm here at Numbers 15, where Adonai said to Moses, "The man shall be put to death. The entire assembly shall put him, pelt him with stones outside of the camp." Looks pretty. Uh, wasn't that the God of the Old Testament? He was very mean. Did you know that? That's not the God of grace. That's all right. What else you got? Come on, bring it on, baby. Is everything going to be out of the Old Testament we don't do anymore? What is that the Mormon Bible? What have you got there? What's a Mormon? Wait a minute. What's a Mormon? Yes. Did God kill them or did man? God took him out. I don't have a problem. You kill somebody and God strikes you dead. I think that's just. And you think we should go wipe out whole civilization. Just because God told you in some dream. Isn't that what the Muslims are doing? You're probably against Israel, aren't you? I know. Come on, bring it on. I'll say that before the flood came, God saw that the world was filled with wickedness, with evilness. But he remembered his faithful servant Noah. So he wiped out and abolished the wickedness. I don't have any problem at all, Ken, if God wants to wipe out the whole deal and leave me. (laughs) But man killing man... An abomination according to the scripture. Do you read your Bible? I don't think I've got one. But I'll read yours. Do you remember the story of the man who was picking up sticks on the Sabbath? And they brought him before Moses and said, Moses, he's picking up sticks. You said we're not supposed to do that. Moses goes to to God and God tells Moses, take him out and stone him. Numbers 15 told man to kill man. He told man. Okay. So I'm fine with that argument. 
if God tells us to kill him with a voice, we should kill him. When there's stuff in uh, Parshat Kedoshim in, in Leviticus where it says, that person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel. Wasn't Miriam cut off? Absolutely. Wasn't she restored? There's the grace of God. What's you, what do you say? Uh, I think that uh, sheep will always need a shepherd. Yeah. <laughs> when, um, when the graven idol was uh, crawled out of the fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, God told the Levites yeah, to kill yeah. um, all the people. Yeah, he did. He did. Many, many people. Yeah. So, so again, I mean, if God says in an audible voice, do this, I, I'm right with you. I think that God speaks, we should listen. Scripturally, I believe that. Oh, okay. What's that? The Old Testament? Well, it was in the Old Testament that you're speaking about in every one of these, right? So I really can't do anything about that. Well, you can see that there's um, a, a lot of emphasis in Judaism on the preservation of life, though. It, it currently, I'm with you. We need to preserve life. That's why we should not allow capital punishment. I love it when you when you agree with me. talking to a liberal, I'm not sure that arguing scripture really, really carry any weight whatsoever. Really is profitable. I know the Bible. Bring it on, baby. Well, if you don't know the Bible, because if you knew the Bible... I know the Bible. Bring it on. Then you would have to agree the capital punishment. Bring it on. What have I got? What have I got? What have I got? What have I got? What evidence would you accept? The Bible. The Bible. Come on. Other than God speaking, which I think was just for that time. I mean, you don't hear God speaking audibly now, do you? 16-story Jesus telling you to build a big city? You're not hearing that, are you? Come on. I think one thing that you've kind of lost is the fact that God gave laws, that God gave the ability for man to govern himself, that God gave rules and regulations, and and through that uh, has allowed us to, uh, um, and has made life so important that he holds us responsible through through the laws that he gave us to uh, sustain. So, So you're... I, I think what I am understanding from you, this is great, is that God's desire is that we would preserve life. And that nothing trumps Shabbat but life. So we should not allow capital punishment because it takes life. Thank you. We should allow capital punishment because it preserves life. Oh. So we should kill the manslayer. If someone is out murdering innocent people, if we do not, if we do not put him to death to prevent the crime from continuing, we are not preserving life. We are, uh, we are not protecting uh, innocent, uh, innocent society. That is a crime. That's the first argument you made. Also, in order to preserve life and not uh, sentence the innocent, um, no one may be put to death except there are two or more witnesses. So it's a good system. Yeah. You like it. That makes it good for me, because he likes it. That's good. 
we still using scripture? I hope so. Okay. Leviticus 24, um, verse 15. Um, a man who blasphemes God will bear his sin, and he who pronounces blasphemously the name of Hashem will be put to death. The entire assembly shall stone him with stones, the proselyte and the native alike, when he blasphemes the, the name. He shall be put to death. The man who strikes mortally any, any man, any human life, he will be put to death. And he who strikes mortally an animal, uh, an animal life shall make restitution for life for life. So let me see if I get this. If we were in a theology, a, a theocracy, where God's in charge and His law rules and not the Constitution of the United States, you would agree with me that we need to put man to death. But in our country, where we don't have a theocracy, and where people can blaspheme by law the Word of God, We agree. We should let that man live. Because we're not in a theocracy. Now you're going to start stoning your kids. Right? You can't. And that's a really good point. Right? Because the scripture talks more about putting to death a sorceress, someone who performs bestiality, someone who worships a different god. Capital punishment is talked about in a lot a greater context than what the Western mindset has it as today, which is just you know, manslaughter or... Uh, Attempting murder, exactly. So, man lying with man is a big one for me too. You know what? I agree. So, as that, that, it's a very good point. In a theocracy, those would be other uh, reasons to carry out capital punishment. But just because we're not in a theocracy doesn't mean that capital punishment um, is not still an effective way of governing, a just way of, an ethical way of governing, and not to mention the countless number of countries around the world that are also not theocracies that still abide and uphold capitalism. Let me see if I get where you're coming from. You're trying to tell me that the Bible should be the model for the creation of our laws. It is. <laughs> Gentlemen, where did we get the separation of powers? Where did we get three branches of government? It came out of the Bible, guys. It's biblical. That's where it came from. That is the strongest argument I've heard so far. That the example given in the Scripture may not be perfectly provided for now, but was the foundation of our government. And the three branches of government and powers held equally accountable and so forth. And through that, we can do the best we can. And one of those things is certainly capital punishment. Gentlemen, we're running out of time and you have missed the number one, the big thing. And it is extraordinarily disappointing to me. And I may not call you back from the break. Wait, I'm going to ask you a question. Are you saying that we should let a guy kill one of your family members and then just let him run free? Absolutely. I think we should put him in jail. He should pay for his crime, but I don't think we should kill him. So, what is it that we are missing in this one? Watch. I will write it for you. 
Gentlemen, if you're going to argue this from a scriptural perspective, your very first argument should be Messiah. The substitutionary atonement, the vicarious death of an innocent man for the sins of the people is capital punishment. If you find yourself talking with any type of believer, however nominal it may be, if they are against capital punishment, then they are against the very atonement which God provides through His Messiah, Yeshua. It's as simple as that. If you leave out capital punishment, you leave out the atonement. Okay, so you're, you're saying that, that had Israel not had capital punishment, Messiah would not have been killed and therefore there would have been no atonement. I'm saying that Israel did not have capital punishment capability at the time of Messiah. And that even though they didn't and had to bring him to the Romans, the point is that without the death of Messiah, you have no hope. And I am saying that there is a sentence of death for sin, which none of you brought up. The soul that sins shall surely die. It's as simple as that. That's basic. And it's in both Testaments, whether you're talking to a Calvinist or not. If the soul that sins shall surely die, why won't we all die? Because God believes in capital punishment. And He killed His Son instead. It's as simple as that. That's the simple gospel truth. And if you don't bring that up, you missed out the capital punishment argument. That should be the very first thing. If you're talking to anybody, logic, morality, Scripture. When you get to Scripture, number one, do you believe the Bible? We're talking Scripture here. You must. If so, well, we know capital punishment is important and should be in place. Why? Because of Messiah. We have no place in the world to come. We cannot possibly without the death of Messiah. Why did Messiah die? Because he sinned? God forbid. He became sin on our behalf, that he might take the punishment that was due us. Gentlemen, the argument against capital punishment from a scriptural perspective is once and for all Messiah. Amen? Amen. Okay. Kennesaw, Georgia is the only state, is the only city in any state in our union that I'm aware of that requires that every male own a handgun and ammunition have it in his home to protect his family. That's a city ordinance? That is a city ordinance. You live in Kennesaw, you will have a handgun, and you've got to buy it yourself. And you will have ammunition, and you've got to buy it yourself. And you will protect your family. But of course, the criminals believe that men, by and large, are going to be obedient to the law. Because our laws, according to our second president, are wholly inadequate for a non-Christian people. You see, we can't legislate morality, and we can't legislate that people will do right. Therefore, our government and our people are designed for those who desire to be obedient to the law of both man and God, internally. So in Kennesaw, Georgia, the crime rate is almost zero. All kinds of crime. Home invasions? They don't happen in Kennesaw. No way. wonder why. 
I believe that we should actually issue Glocks, 9mm Glocks, to everyone who gets on an airplane. Everybody, here's your Glock, go sit down. It's as simple as that. You know? Somebody stands up and says, this is the hijack! Are you kidding? You get off the plane, you turn in your Glock, you know, it's as simple as that. We can, get, we can forget about the whole security thing on the way in the plane. Let anybody on who wants to get on. If you give your average American a Glock, do you even know what they would do? <laughs> you know what? I'm willing to take that chance. Okay. They'll probably hold up the plane. I'm willing to take that chance. I'd rather give an American a handgun than worry that somebody else slipped on the plane with something else, like a box cutter. Let me carry my handgun. Give a handgun to every grandma on the plane. <laughs> I'm ready. Everybody's got to have one. I tell you. Oh, all right. That's an interesting little tidbit. I was not aware that there was a city that had employment. But your comment about you know referring to the statement that our laws are inadequate for non-Christian non people, people. <clears throat> um, and legislating morality, which is in fact what we do, we do legislate morality. Every law is somebody's morality. It's exactly right. State, right? But uh, it's it's interesting because we had a, a homeschool event last week, and it was at the little church where our little co-op meets, and um, during the intermission, uh, the choir director, song leader. Uh, led a song, uh, uh, America the Beautiful. And please turn your hymnals to page whatever, right? And we actually sang all four verses. All the verses, there you go. And I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever heard all four verses. You know, I was singing first and fourth. Oh, yeah. The third verse is awesome. has a phrase in there that refers to, um, I can't even remember the first half of the phrase, I just remember the second half of the phrase which says, Thy liberty in law. And I read that and, and I just thought That's it. That's it. We are what country has more laws on the books than the US? No one. But yet we're still recognized as the most freest society the land of the free. on the planet. Amen. So the notion that laws restrict, restrict freedom, that they're mutually exclusive. Is, is a myth. In fact, it's quite the opposite. You bet. If you, have, uh, if you have the ability to do anything you want, not, not governed by sound law, then that's just called anarchy. That's right. And that's not <clears throat> that's That's fear. That's fear and, and survival of the fittest and whatever. That's, that's right. not liberty. That's right. So, uh, so in that concept, of course, all comes back to the Torah. Amen. Because so. that's where we got it. Outstanding. All right. Helpful? I want to encourage you. Don't be afraid to argue. Don't be afraid to argue your point. You know I can get animated. No. But it, it shouldn't it shouldn't cause you to miss a beat. You're going to be arguing with animated people who are wholly committed to their cause. And they're going to get emotional. That's okay. It's great to be passionate about your argument. But you, of all people, 
should be able to maintain self-control and argue from a logic perspective. It just makes sense. Second, you should be able to look at any argument from a moral and ethical perspective, regardless of what the scripture says. Morally, there's a general moral code in every society. This, of course, is an argument back to a creator, but I digress. Second, ethically, it just is just. It's ethical to do so. Not fair, but just. And you should be able to argue those things. Forget the scripture. doesn't matter. And then finally, if you are arguing with a churchgoer, or a Jew, or even a Muslim, you should be able to pull out the scripture. And you should be able to articulate why your arguments thus far, logically, morally, and ethically, are consistent with the scriptures. And I would, I would suggest, if they're not consistent, change your mind. If you can't argue, you're weak. If you can't argue, keep your mouth shut. Point to someone who can't. If you can't argue, don't. But you should definitely get to the place where you can. And what better place than right here? Amen? Let's take a break.